This is the Detroit is Different Podcast Network, the culture of an American classic city. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. And I'm Miss Dobbins. And today we have a solo episode, Resident Unicorns Only. To start off the new year. Um, when you guys hear this, it'll be in February, but you yep. know, new year. New first, us. First, first episode. <laughs> we still new in year. the first quarter of the year, so it don't matter. <laughs> um, but Asia, I don't think our audience knows much about what we do as um, unicorns. Yeah. So do you want to start off and share with the audience what you do professionally, what you do creatively, um, everything? Just share. Okay, okay. Well, I've been working in a school district for the last five years. I started off just volunteering, and then they asked me to be the coordinator of the lunchroom, and then... I did that, and then they asked me to be a um, Title I tutor, which um, the Title I program in the state of Michigan, it gives schools that are considered Title I schools, they have a certain amount of free or reduced lunch kids, and then the scores have to be low in like math or reading. So I was tutoring kindergartners for a year as well. And then they asked me to be a full-time teacher's assistant to a visually impaired student. So then I had to go and get certified in Braille. So I did that. And so now that's what I've been doing. This will be my last year doing that in that district. I'm trying to get a job at another elementary school or high school or middle school in the Detroit area because I'll be going to school in Southfield. Full-time in the fall. Okay. All right. Now, creatively. Okay. So, this little creative journey has, it's been quite different for me because I didn't want to be creative when I was younger. I just, I did it in art class in high school and Mm -hmm. that was it. Like, uh, one of my teachers, she recommended that I go to... um, uh, um, early college program in Chicago. So I did that two years in a row in the summertime. And it was really nice. All we did was we um, did live drawings with models from um, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday for, uh, I did it for two weeks each time. But I learned a lot. But those kids, when I was in high school, that's what they did. Like, I was an athlete first. Mm-hmm. So... Art was, like, on the back burner for me. It didn't start getting serious until my uh, physical therapist told me that I could no longer be an athlete, which crushed me. But in a way, I'm thankful for it because I would have never been like, okay, well, I'm just going to draw or paint in my spare time. So I feel like, for me, growing as a creative, I'm just now getting into the age of when... I feel like my creativity is at an all-time high because mm-hmm. I feel like I had a, a natural talent with, like, techniques and whatnot, but I struggled being creative. Mm-hmm. 
And nobody wants to keep like doing the same type of artwork over and over again because you'd be like, I just want, I just need this dope concept. My concept. I don't want to keep doing portraits or, you know, like people ask me, oh, draw, draw my face or whatnot. But I didn't feel like I was being challenged creatively until like this year mm-hmm. because I had did that portrait for Chris or CH, you know, whatever. But, uh, and then he said, well, I like this style of paintings and can you do that? And I was like, well, I'll try. <laughs> and then it came out to be like something that I created on my own when I was looking at the style that he liked, but I wanted to try something on my own. And that's when I started discoloring the black woman's hair or male's hair whenever I paint. So now I feel like I'm coming into a style of creativity that I like. Um, I had a class at a community college that also helped me challenge my creativity, which, I mean, I didn't gain any little to any, like, I guess, technique from from that class. I just, the teacher, she she pushed my creativity and I think that that's what helped me a lot to develop my own ideas and whatnot. Because I was always just somebody that just wanted to do photorealism. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I got bored of art. And I stopped I stopped art for a good three or four years. And then last year, well, yeah, last year I started painting and drawing again um, in, the, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And then... Everything just blossomed from there. This is up. So I like to use oil paints, and I'm trying to learn how to use acrylic. But I feel like acrylic is the devil. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't think the same, but yeah, it's the devil. Why, why would you want to paint? Use paint that dries like 2.5 seconds. I mean, it doesn't dry literally in 2.5 seconds, but I mean. And then the colors aren't even as vibrant. And some, they're not as rich. <clears throat> I mean, you got... I mean, that's how you feel. <laughs> you got neon colors. That's cool. But I just like the fluidity of oil paint. I feel like it just go on so smooth. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's not transparent either. So, I, I mean, I, the, I feel like the whole transparency thing with the layers and all that, it's cool. I don't like that process. I just like to keep working on my stuff wet. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it comes out better for me. The process is better for me at this point in my life until I can figure out a good technique for myself with acrylic. I just, I don't like it at all. Okay. Um. Well audience what i do um professionally i'm an art director a junior art director at the at a um ad agency um where i see my career going hopefully uh probably you know like in the near future moving up to creative director and taking more lead roles um being more in control <laughs> of what i create um or what I present clients, or however you so have it. So um, those who don't know what an art director is, or an art director in advertisement, it, um, what we do, 
we create the concepts for marketing. So we are, <laughs> we basically shape behavior. <laughs> so everything that's advertised to you is with purpose for the client to reach certain demographics, certain audience, and we kind of shape how you um, consume products, how you consume <laughs> insurance, um, how you consume every part of your life, basically. <laughs> it sounds like world takeover, world domination. She's like, she's like big brother in, art, <laughs> in the art world. <laughs> um, but the company I worked for mostly does health insurance, um, nonprofit, life insurance. I mean, life insurance and health insurance kind of go hand in hand, kind of. Um, we we used to have a for-profit or, like, um, a retail um, client that we created work for. I'm trying to, like, keep it, like, not tell people where I work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we create stuff. And it's cool. I I like it. I enjoy advertisement. I enjoy the fact that if I did not go into advertisement, I was gonna go in psychology go into psychology. And advertisement kind of allows me to play with my psychology, like love for psychology as well as <laughs> you know, you know, you get to I understand what you mean. Yeah. She just, <laughs> fumbled, like, she just fumbled the ball a little bit. <laughs> she she picked it back up. My love for psychology. <laughs> I get to use that in advertising because I'm shaping your behaviors. <laughs> I'm not, but, you know, advertising as a whole. Um, and what I do creatively, I mean, I, my job is a creative job. I'm a, I'm on the creative side of advertising. I'm not on the marketing or, like, the... <laughs> research side. <laughs> the research the you know analytic analytical Ugh. side of advertising no i'm on the creative i can only speak from a creative background um all i've done in my life i guess was be creative um i've also like in high school and middle school was an athlete like asia but I also had an extreme passion for creating things. My creativity wasn't just like technically sound or whatever. I expressed that my creativity through billions of different things. I also used to do a lot of uh, my own homemade videos of me voice acting. So maybe in the future I could be a voice actor. You have a very distinct <laughs> voice. Somebody also told me I could be a cartoon character. Yeah. Because of my voice. <laughs> he was like, you could totally be on Cartoon Network with that voice. Yeah, you could. And I think and I think that would be, like, the fun part. Like, okay, so if I branch off into something else in the future, voice acting, I, I don't know if it's, like, a calling on my life or a calling to it, but I've literally been talking about voice acting since I was... And elementary school. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just like I've been ignoring it or ignoring, like, thinking about, like, ah, oh, maybe I'm too nervous to go to voice acting or whatever or something. You should talk to some the nice manager thing. of One Freak, Angela. Really? She's a voice actress. Yeah. So see how, like, I want to test the waters. Yeah. See if I actually she, like she it. She throws some events sometimes with, like, 
people giving them temp- tips and mm-hmm. telling them where to go and how she how you can make money off of voice acting or she does like little coaching stuff mm-hmm. yeah she does a lot with the voice actors that's cool yeah I, I, i'll see i'll test the water i don't mm-hmm. know if i'm ready yet I, I i think i need to like hone in on my other skills <laughs> this year <laughs> so i also do photography if you guys ever check all on our instagram or our instagram page or branch off into our individual pages I do photography. I've taken pictures of Asia, other friends. Thanks to all my models. <laughs> um, graphic design, hand in hand with advertising because I have to create logos, printouts. I mean, people don't do print. Not people don't do print ads as much as they used to. But I do like companies that do still do traditional uh, marketing. I don't know. Just the, like the physical, mm-hmm. having something physical, but I also really enjoy like how open digital marketing is and how much you can do with digital marketing and dif- digital advertising. Um, what else I do? I paint. <laughs> um, she I crochet. <laughs> I crochet. I've created like I mean I'm I've post I I'm somewhat good in ceramics. I say somewhat. Uh, <laughs> I can't do like. What is it? The spinning? Oh, yeah, the wheel. <laughs> the wheel. I can't do the wheel. I tried it or attempted it when mm-hmm. I was um, back in school. That didn't work out. I, I was <laughs> like, oh, this not going to work for me. I have to hand, I have to hand pinch and <laughs> get... I know a girl that, that has her own wheel, and she sells hers on, it, on um, Etsy. We uh-huh. went to middle school together. Her name is Kamari. I forgot her Instagram handle, but her cups and pots, they're beautiful really? and then and then um her um what's it called again i don't remember the terminology the stuff the paint it's not the called, glaze yeah the glazes that she makes are just beautiful. oh i loved making glazes when i had that like class at mm-hmm. school because like i don't know i just signed up for a class that account as a science credit and yeah. because we're mixing chemical or like mm-hmm. mixing raw materials to create glazes for the clay and having to learn about different clay bodies. I love the glazes I came up with. Note that none of the glazes I came up with are food safe. So none of the bowls I created I can oh. give to people and be like, you can put your fruit here. No, all that metal from those glazes I made will seep into your fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because I made, I, like, my whole thing, my whole project base of when we, you know, got to figure out what we wanted for our ceramics class was to make metallic surfaces so i was seeing how metallic i can like push these things and how shiny i can get it i didn't get the metallic i wanted but i came up with some like pretty cool like galaxy looking you have a nice sheen (laughs) yeah like galaxy looking glazes and i i messed with it for somebody who wasn't in like um a ceramics major (laughs) for somebody just and advertising just sitting in front of the computer all day. I did some pretty dope stuff. The last time <laughs> I did anything was with clay was when I was in middle school and I made a Batmobile out of clay. <laughs> That's what's up. It was cool. I liked it. <laughs> I'm trying to so, think. Oh, you know what else? What? Oh, dang, I do a lot. I can do nails. 
I want to try. I want to learn how to do nails. I could never get my left hand right though, because I can't do anything with my right hand pertaining to yeah. art. I can't. Like my fingers look all messed up. I even try to when get those. To- I even try to get those little guards, uh-huh. but it didn't work. <laughs> And I don't understand, like, I don't know if I'm just getting really cheap nail polish, but I can never get, like, a nice, a nice, like, even, even like, coat. Yeah. Like, it just looked, it looked like transparent oh, or my. streaky or, like, if I, ch- I try know, to keep. To, I think you have to have patience with nail polish because, you know, you kind of, okay, like, your oil or whatever. It's like, like, the layers that you do it, you got to kind of, like, wait in between where it's, like, a almost dry before you put on that second coat. Or, like, it, it, t- it tastes No, I can't. It gets streaky. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> like, obviously, I can't get my whole nail at yeah. the same time. But when I try to go to the next part, it just looks thicker with the paint overlapped. On, and I just, <laughs> I can't do it, especially on my left hand. Yeah. Like, I look like a kindergartner. <laughs> Attack me with some nail polish when I try to paint my no- my left hand. I don't understand how y'all do it. I mean, mine, it came from practice. Um, when I was younger, I mean, she ain't take me to the nail shop like that. Oh, I've, and then, I've only been, I've only been one time my whole life. To the nail shop? Yeah. Oh, girl. We, you, okay, you can start coming with me because I get manicured. <laughs> I, got- I mean, now I haven't been because my lovely job provides a manicurist on Wednesdays. <laughs> her job has so much perks. She, they're they're taking her what she would already be done by now. Yeah, she would have gone on a secret. Uh, this would be like before the week before. Oh, okay, well, no, it won't be done already. She's going. Her job is planning a secret vacation for them for a week. Yeah, not a week. I thought it was three a week. days. Okay, three, three days. days. Whatever, half a week. <laughs> That's beautiful. Or four days. Like, I got scolded for going to China for a week when I took <laughs> off. Like, the school system, they don't want you leaving at all. And they try to justify, well, we give you the summer off. We need that summer yeah. off. <laughs> I like, bet. I need that. But, yeah, my job, the perks is pretty nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I never did tell them what I was going to school for. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> but you can. I mean, uh, I'm going to school. Like, you act like the time passed. I'm going, I'm going to school for architecture. Ooh. Yeah. Big money. And I met I met a black female architect in the city and she basically said that she's willing to be my mentor and she has her own firm. That is so awesome. I can't wait to I, have a chat with her. I think I need to find a mentor um soon. I wanna talk to more black females in advertising. Mm-hmm. I know we're not so I mean, you guys who who like advertising, <laughs> please go be an art director. We need black people, and <laughs> her whole, whole job is white. <laughs> the whole advertising <laughs> world. <laughs> she be she be looking like need... Scooby Doo when a black person comes <laughs> to her job. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> we need <laughs> we need more black people in advertising and more black females because how advertising works. They're going to market however they want. If you're not in the room, of course, your um, how you feel about something won't be portrayed. Or they can miss some things because you're not present. So that's why we need advertisement. Things like the Pepsi commercial, to take it back, wouldn't happen if they had some more black people in the room with them. <laughs> to be like, ah, you know, oh, that, talking ain't, about with that the, ain't making the cut, fam. That Jenner girl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendall? Yeah, that one. So, yeah. So, like, 
get into advertisement or get into something that you want. If you see something lacking and you see that your voice isn't being heard in a certain area, I I encourage you to go after that area and be like, what can I do in this area that can better, better it? I love that there's more black female photographers out there in mm-hmm. the world now. It's amazing. I love it. Because you see the representation. You feel it. Mm-hmm. You feel it when you look at their work and like how their their minds work. And you're like, dang, I'm like, inspired by that. Brienne Hooligan. Yeah. Her work. Amazing. Amazing. Like, I, I love that picture where everything, and I think it was everything in the picture was blue. Mm-hmm. Like, the model had on, like, a blue outfit. And then she uh, made, like, <clears throat> I think the whole background was, like, had a tint of blue in it. Mm-hmm. It was, everything had a tint of blue, and it was really nice. Or a shade of blue. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. A shade of blue. <laughs> My high school teacher would be disgusted with me for the tint of blue. <laughs> it's a cool color. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that picture is beautiful. Oh, and the one that we posted yesterday, I like that one a lot, too. Mm-hmm. With the model uh, with the black and white pants, mm-hmm. I think it was. That one is one of my favorites. Yeah. So um, where do you see your um, work taking you in the future? Oh, that that's... That's a good question because um, I, it's funny because I like creating modern spaces. Like, I really like building modern homes, but my aesthetics are, it will like, is nowhere near living in a modern home. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, it's, it's bizarre for me because, like, I, I think, I think those things like modern homes or modern buildings are aesthetically pleasing, but I wouldn't want to live. In a super modern home. Because mm-hmm. I don't, it doesn't feel as cozy. It doesn't. It feels like cool and it doesn't, like, to me, like, the the vintage farmhouses or the, those homes feel so cozy to me. But, like, I like the architecture of it. I like the interiors of it. The craftsmanship of older homes. Mm-hmm. It's just... It's a higher quality. It is. It definitely is. Like the just like the the columns, just beautiful. Like the railings and and farmhouses. It's just like they took their time. They like yeah. they like really like made made love to this yeah. house. This the coffered ceilings. This, yeah. The coffered ceilings of that time look so much better than the coffered ceilings of this of this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If you don't know what coffer ceilings are, it's like when there's like miniature beams making a making a pattern in the ceiling. It kind of looks like a tic tac toe board, mm-hmm. but with with beams. Um, but if you look at a farmhouse that had coffer ceilings, the the panels, I mean the uh, beams that they used, they were carved just beautifully, mm-hmm. or the pendants and lights. Beautiful. The windows. Beautiful. Like I love a nice a nice door with stained glass. Oh my god. So like <laughs> let she me just tell had you. she just like jizz in her pants that when is, she said that. Her I eyes just, rolled back. <laughs> honestly enjoy a stained glass window. I mm-hmm. love them to pieces and especially because you like just look at it and just be yeah. like, man, they really they really put their foot in this one. 
Remember when we went to that um, Ascada's birthday party and yeah. Lisa's house had yes. all those stained glass windows? And I was staring at them. Yes. I was like, we, we, I don't like, need, we, we don't even want to be. We weren't even looking at the other people. Like, we were just looking at the architecture of her home. Just like, this is, I love this. Can yeah, I the craftsmanship this? was just beautiful. Or a, a vintage fireplace, like with the original mantle. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He's a real nerd. Yeah. Like, my dad has been calling me, like, um, Ray Ray, my real dad, has been calling me. Um, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Ray Ray. Yeah. All right. Ray Ray. He's, yeah, hood. But, uh, <laughs> the fact he used that to, she was like, hood. <laughs> he used to uh, call me a grandma because when I was like seven or eight, I was watching HGTV. Same. Like, I've been watching it. I've been a fan of HGTV for so long. Like, way before <laughs> Fixer Upper. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it back to that one that one white lady with the short hair when she was designing bedrooms. Yeah. Like, just the one room. I think HGTV is the reason why. I In the Food point. Network. Yeah. <laughs> no, mine's not the Food Network. I never lived there. But housing, um, HGTV, I think, was the sole reason why, at one point, I thought I wanted to be an interior designer. I even mm-hmm. took a program for a week. Thinking I wanted to be an interior designer. Really, I just like decorating. Yeah. Because the whole interior design thing, I thought it was, I was like, oh, no. It's too much. If trying to figure out how many um, outlets should go in a room, how much yeah. lighting should be provided in the space. I was like, that's cool, but I don't feel like doing all this math. Honestly, I just want to make spaces look pretty, which <laughs> means I just want to be interior decorator, which is completely different from a designer yeah. in the space. I mean, yes, designers also kind of create furniture for a certain space Mm -hmm. which is cool yeah but i just wanted to decorate (laughs) for a minute i wanted to do a concentration in interior architecture but um with that interior architecture was like it's kind of like an interior designer but you have more architecture Mm -hmm. credits so you can't mess with the original frame of the existing space but you can you can still like you know knock down walls mm-hmm. and you still have more knowledge than an interior designer would with architecture. You're just not licensed architect. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that because I felt like I was able to design more of the space. But a lot of interior like designers slash decorators whatever now they don't even have some of them don't even have um a college degree in that field. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to, to go to school. You don't have it. to go to school for it. I mean, you just have to know some type of some codes, yeah, I mean, you know. But hey. you can look that up. You can yeah. look up codes and whatnot on the internet. And I don't I just felt like I should just go to school for architecture and then I can still do interior design if I wanted to. Yeah. Definitely. All together. Is that is that yeah. <laughs> so get the credit as an architect. Yeah. Big money. Yeah. You know, I was also, like, thinking, I was like, I can just, like, low-key try to sell art (laughs) as an architect as well. Put it it in, like, let let the owners see some art and be like, Uh oh, you can also buy a piece to put in your building. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Especially, like, corporations. When I had my photography class, I made a a metal sculpture to mount my photos on after I developed them. And my uh, my teacher was like, you know, this is a piece of art. You should you should try to push this to these 
these corporations that are up and coming in Detroit because they would like to put that in an office space because, yeah. you know, it's eclectic and whatnot. And I was like, you know what? That's a good a good idea, but yeah. I just want to refine it some more. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, me and you need to get in a black room. I want to learn how to develop film and shoot film with it's, film photography. I just always want to try everything. I think that's why it's I so do much so fun. things. I just want to try. I love <clears throat> the dark room. If you like... If you like, um, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. I didn't realize till now that you said black I got room. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, it when I got when I first went into the dark room, it was the most peaceful experience I've ever had um, with creating art because you have to trust your instincts mm-hmm. when you're doing something. Um, everything is based on what you like because. I can, everybody can use the same, the same negative to, to print. Cause you have to use a negative to print it onto, um, onto uh, the film paper. Yeah. I know that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm, that much yeah, with the audience. The yeah. audience might not know, <laughs> but, um, I can take the same negative and give it to three different people or a hundred people, whatever, a hundred people. None of those people are going to have the same photograph when they print. Because you have so much control and the way that you might, you like, you might like pictures, you might like them a little darker. Mm-hmm. Somebody might like them lighter. You can, you might not want it to be cropped. You might just want to have it like when you print it, you, a lot of times, if you want those clean lines, you have to use, um, it looks like a picture frame mm-hmm. and it's like, it just frames off the, um, light that reflects down onto it. That's like basically copying the picture into the photo paper so that it doesn't hit the hit the paper mm-hmm. but you can have like the bleed lines going you can then develop it in so many different techniques like one time when i dipped it in the developer i then patted it dry with a paper towel and then it got this cool texture or you can drip it in there and then it can look like you know you got water running on your on your picture yeah I used to, um, it used to be a girl at the school I went to, Kelsey, uh-huh. and I think for her senior project, she just did, she was a photography major, and she just did her photos on, like, a series of different surfaces, mm-hmm. and she really enjoyed how it came out on metal, yeah. because it was kind of, like, runny, because it was, like, it couldn't, like, you know, you can't yeah. soak super deep on a metal sheet. Yeah, and if you like, you can even, with the cool thing with, the really cool thing with Polaroids, right, mm-hmm. I can boil the Polaroid, and then I can get the film off of the paper, mm-hmm. and then I can use it, and then I can spray and heat, I mean, paint an adhesive uh, with the, the film onto another surface, and then you have a Polaroid transfer, mm-hmm. which is really cool. I, I thought that was really cool, because it, it looks really cool when you take it off, and then you put it on there. Like, it just makes everything pop. Like, there's so many different things you can do with film. And a lot of the techniques that are made in Photoshop are, they stem from the darkroom techniques. Obviously. (laughs) Everything that's digital stems from what was done manually. Yeah. (laughs) But you have to appreciate, okay, so this is me being such a nerd and, like, film. So, like, film... Um, movies, films is what I'm referring uh-huh. to now because I'm a yeah. movie buff. I just think, I just, 
I I'm so amazed when I look at film movies because yeah. you're like, dang, they did all of this. No digital, like having to like layer all the names for like the cast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just imagine having to go through that in film and then having to transfer all of that yeah. stuff. Just manually. I just like the art of everything, how everything was created manually. Like it's kind of like when you do things, like when you go being born in a digital age and you go back to doing like analog things it's like you find a a, a more of an appreciation for those things uh-huh. because you can see how the time and the patience that you have to put into it and it's not like every like instant yeah. i like watching um old old black and white cartoons mm-hmm. i think is is beautiful to see like their line work yeah <laughs> And it's basically like a like a flip book mm-hmm. in, in essence. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what animation is, flip, flip book. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that like that's so cool. I, I actually actually have um a film camcorder. Mm-hmm. I got two at home, and then I have two projectors. Because what y'all didn't know is that she Sam off of um they're white people. <laughs> You know what? What do you know? She's really Sam. <laughs> oh my God, Sam! <laughs> when I was at my old college, they called me Sam because I had I was on the Black Student Alliance, and we organized this event with the dean of students because there was a heightened racial issue at that school with mm-hmm. the student body. So his idea was, well, why don't we show dear white people? You know, and then he said, why don't we make all the athletes go? Because whenever they have that Martin Luther King um, walk in Southfield, Mm -hmm. like, none of the athletes wanted to participate. They thought it was stupid. Um, It was a waste of time. Like, why do they have to get up early in the morning to walk in the cold? Like, it's so long ago, blah, blah, blah. So then he said that he wanted the, the Black Student Alliance to show dear white people to the athletes. So we did that. And everybody at that school that was in that that was in that little assembly thing, because I mean they were forced to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, Asia is just another Sam. You know, she's always going around talking about black people, and she's got these vintage cameras." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "I am not. <laughs> I just don't." Part of me just really hates it when they compare when people compare me to other people. Nah. I feel offended. Or if you throw okay, me Sam. throw me in a big group. I don't like being called a hipster. I just cause when people I feel like when people call themselves hipsters, they just they just think it's cool uh-huh. just to to be I, associated with a word. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me. It was random. I just thought about who took like an awesome picture of me on film. I don't know why I'm going uh-huh. back to film. Marissa. Marissa took oh, yeah. an awesome picture of me on film. We had the same teacher. Yeah. But she went the semester after I went. She That was cool. Her little yeah. Salvador Dali inspired mm-hmm. shoot. I was like, she knows I love Salvador. I have quotes of, I have some of his quotes on my website. I don't do website. drugs. I am drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I think one of the quotes I used was like his surreal, surrealism quote, and I can't think of it right now. I use two of them on my website, and I can't think of it exactly, but I love surrealism art mm-hmm. and art that's just, you know, it's just like, you, it can bend your mind in several different ways. It just you makes can me think, think of, of Inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, it's like, it just leaves everything up for 
whoever the audience interpretation yeah for interpretation whoever gets a lot of conversations going yeah whatever the audience however the audience um interprets it that's what it is you don't have Mm -hmm. to question it beyond that yeah when i created this i felt this way but hey it's however you feel about it at the end of the day i mean i can tell you everything that i did and what everything that my whole thought process behind it but i mean i like open-ended things i like things that can just be whatever yeah (laughs) And that's why I like I appreciate Salvador's work <laughs> and how goofy it was and how out there and I got to be I would I would hope <laughs> to be an artist that left that much of an impact yeah. in the world. Like just as a just an interior design aspect alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different like clocks and whatnot made just off of just off of his paintings. Yeah. So I got um Sydney posted a picture of her clock, that dripping clock that she has mm-hmm. on on her dresser or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I seen. I don't know if it was hers or if it was somebody that she reblogged, mm-hmm. but I thought that was her page. If it's not, I apologize. I don't remember whose page it was, but I know I saw somebody with one of them dripping clocks mm-hmm. off, off the uh, the nightstand. I thought those were cool. I almost bought one myself, yeah. but then I was like, no. It just shows like the full effect that art has on the world yeah and how influential it is yeah and then yeah just like limitless things art is um transcendent (laughs) yeah especially (laughs) genres and everything especially when black people do it Mm -hmm. like um we talked a lot about how i watched that hip-hop evolution docuseries on netflix Mm -hmm. and it was talking about how hip-hop uh rap has become like the new pop basically yeah. because it's so widely known and everybody loves it and to think about how hip hop once was viewed to how now it's viewed it's just a blatant statement like facts of how influential black people are upon the world even though we have like the smallest percentage of people you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and People just really enjoy everything that we do. Like, they, they, well, the only thing I would say, like, white people, they don't watch many, like, black shows or movies. Mm-hmm. Except, um, like, black people, they, they watch In Living Color. I, I think more black, I mean, more white people watch In Living Color because, uh, What's his name was on there? Jim Carrey. Yeah. I feel like. And like later. What's his name? Yeah. Jim Carrey. Later. Big deal. Yeah, he is a big deal. I just (laughs) forgot his name. I'm not not trying to throw any shade at Jim Carrey. (laughs) But like after after they knew that Jim Carrey was the stuff, they when they found out he was on Living Color, they're like, hmm, what is this? I don't think But he wasn't the stuff until Living Color. Yeah, no. Oh, okay. You say after they found out he was the stuff. And I, then they no, but I'm saying like they, white people. I feel like white people really, really liked him when he was on me and myself and Irene. Mm-hmm. Like that was a and the mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those are really big, big for him. Like if the white people didn't know him for In Living Color, they knew him for those type of movies. Yeah, I, and I, I mean I'm I, where I, I was trying to figure out where you were going with this. Point. I'm sorry. 
Oh, what I was going well, with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of got lost because I was like, I, I, was I don't saying, know what. <laughs> I was talking about the influence of, um, of black people on modern culture, but I said, I don't. But you was I, talking about hip hop. And I was like, yeah, but, have, but I was talking about because white people like, like white people like hip hop. I was saying, like pop. yeah, I got you. but white people, the only thing that of art that white people don't really mess with that's of black people are, are movies or TV shows. Uh-huh. If there's a movie that's predominantly black cast, white people aren't watching it. They which watch, is, which is you know, like that's that's weird because like they watch. We've had to consume yeah. everything that represented them and had to take that as a standard. Mm-hmm. And then when we produce an art that represents us, they don't watch it because they can't relate to it. Yeah. But then we can't relate to everything that they put. In like they won't watch Girlfriends, stuff. even though Girlfriends is it's the white. <laughs> I mean, the black sex in the city. Yeah. But to me, Girlfriends is better because it it's more... Re- it, it had more substance. It, it had, had, like, yeah. educated black women doing these big yeah. things. They were different. They had different occupations, Came too. Came from different walks of life. Yeah. Different experiences. Sex in the city, they were all, they were all pretty much, you know... Upper middle upper class. Upper middle class. <laughs> but, you know, you had Joan, who had a lot of money... And then you had what's Lawyer her? books. Yes. <laughs> then you had old girl, uh, Lynn, who was jobless. Jobless, but yeah. had nice um, adopted white parents yep. who <laughs> let her do anything. Yeah. Because she had, she, just because she was jobless, she went to school a billion yeah. times. She yeah. had a law degree. She had multiple degrees. It was just that she couldn't find her. Well, she, she couldn't find she, her way. It was, it was more so, I think, she was fine, trying to she was trying to create a path for herself Mm -hmm. and because she was such a creative mind she couldn't hone on which side of her creative what what creative ability she wanted to concentrate on yeah and her creative ability that she concentrated on the most was educating herself (laughs) (laughs) but like that show that show should be watched by all female um a lot i know a lot of men that liked girlfriends too it was an entertaining show Mm -hmm. You don't see no white men watching Sex in the City, but you'll you'll see like some black men not watch Girlfriends. I know multiple black men that like to watch that like to watch Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know and they weren't you know they weren't gay or anything like that. They just liked the show. Even if it, yeah, this, <laughs> but I'm saying like matter. some people, yeah. some people would be like, oh, they're probably like feminine male. Like, no, it's just a good show. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't think it was just deemed towards only women to watch it but i think shows like that should be seen by everybody not just black people and i feel like those positive shows like one-on-one it it honed in on like a single black male raising his daughter Mm -hmm. but you know in the public eye you don't ever see a single black male raising his daughter like you we had these positive tv shows but yet, everybody, everybody else in the world, if they do see anything in black, um, like culture, pop culture, or whatever, on TV mm-hmm. or movies, it's always negative. Like the white people, they'll watch the Medea movies, but <laughs> because it's a comedy and it's trash. Come, I'm, I'm here for the fire from y'all. If y'all, if y'all think I'm, I'm whack for saying that Tyler Perry movies are trash, come at me. I'm ready because. Tyler Perry 
did not do anything but instill this one character that supposedly the entire black community has in their family. And that's not cool because, like, that from that one black black female at that, you know, black females always have the stigma of being angry. And here you have this, this old black woman that's angry. Um, Beat up it? everybody, <laughs> pop, pop a it? cap, <laughs> and everybody. Habitually, <laughs> no, how to say the word? Habitually, no. Okay, um, it kind of takes you know draws from the mammy character that yeah. used to be referenced in cartoons and that, right, like Tom and Jerry. Didn't didn't Tom and Jerry yeah. have a big black yes. mammy character yes. that you never you, you never, never got to see, but you always heard her or you she always was like seen. big and masculine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she always had her fist like she was okay. always angry. We're going we gonna to talk about this R. Kelly thing. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, now it's in my head because now we're talking about like black women and how niggas just don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that R. Kelly, like the, the doc series. Lifetime. Or, you know, surviving R. Kelly. The Lifetime doc series mm-hmm. that's talking about all this. And it really like, it really show how much people don't care about black women and how much the world just absolutely does not. You can have this sick person Mm -hmm. just do all of this to all these young females and niggas will still find a way to say it's the female's fault. Still blame the female. They're literally being preyed on by this sick monster and it's the female's fault still. I had this argument for about <laughs> two weeks with one of my colleagues when I was at work in the um, teacher's lounge. This this dude, he how this nigga has the audacity to think that, oh, well, if she come to my room in just a nightgown, then she was asking for it. I said, wait a minute. The problem is, it's not that she's, she's coming to your room with a nightgown. The problem happens with is when she, even if she is of age, if she mm-hmm. decides, like, mid-pump, she don't want to do it, she don't have to do it. She had all her right to leave. Yeah. And when she doesn't have that option, if that's taken away, that's wrong. <laughs> that's that's where it gets wrong. Like, I don't care if she can walk outside where her titties hanging out. She can walk outside with a mesh top on, with no bra, no undershirt. She should be able to walk down the street and not get harassed. She okay. should never be looked at, oh, as she wants it. Like, she want to walk outside looking like that half naked? Obviously, she promiscuous. Yeah. That ain't right. And then I think other people's arguments with the R. Kelly situation is because he created such great art. Yeah, great that, music. I don't care. That you should separate the man from the art. Yeah. Or you can't. It's no way that this man who created all these great things could be the monster that everybody is saying that he is. If if all these people are saying, all these black women are saying how this man managed to manipulate them from a young age, managed to separate them from the things that they know, pure manipulation, Mm -hmm. because if you feel isolated in this world and you're young and you're clinging to this grown-ass man... A lot of times they have daddy <laughs> issues, too. Daddy issues, all of these things tied into one. Yes, this man is a monster. Yes, he did what he did. Just because... If, if he, those oh, little girls oh, were white, it would be a different story. And then 
They would have treated him like Bill Cosby. It definitely would have been a different story. They would have treated like not saying not saying and, I'm like you know <laughs> I'm defending him or anything in no. any way. Like like if he was, they would have treated him like Bill Cosby. Yes, they definitely would have. Yeah, and they would have pulled. You see how they when Bill Cosby was being accused of all they these pulled things, his stuff off of they everything. They pulled his stuff. They pulled his entire catalog. You don't. You can't find any nothing on TV is streaming the reruns of Cosby's. Mm-hmm. Nothing is being streamed. But R. Kelly, years of allegations, years of accounts, actual court documents stating that these people actually sued him was, multiple times. Was in process of suing him. Yes, he clearly played those or, people off out of. Or how of about the one the and, one time he 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 had the interview with um that comedian that that Indian comedian, uh, Aces Aries. What what what's his name? I don't know. He the guy he was on White Castle, the Indian guy. But whatever. Uh, he said he he said something about young females. He asked him, "Does he does do you like young females, like underage girls?" Uh, and that was that was an Indian artist. He what, wasn't on. The, the, um, was, he wasn't on that. That was Tori from BET, and that was a black man that asked if you like teenagers. Do you like teenagers? No, no, no. <laughs> I was talking about no. This this I, I was watching this guy stand up, and he said that he interviewed him one time. This is different. Did he say he interviewed or he saw an interview? No, he said he interviewed him. Okay, because <laughs> I was like, no, because Tori. From BET or whatever he does now. I'm sorry. Um, he interviewed R. Kelly, which is the infamous interview where he was like, do you like teenage girls? And R. Kelly, it looked like he looked off into the gaze and then thought about all the teenagers he has has been with in his life. It was like, teenager, like, what what age are we talking? Like, what, nigga, teenagers. What do you mean what that's, age? I mean, that's it all the same thing. He, he said, define teenager. That that yeah. was that was Tory's interview then. That wasn't it wasn't multiple interviews like that. That was Tory's that he he asked that. <laughs> he Torrey. His name is Torrey, not Tory. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's Torrey because it's the accent mark over that last <laughs> e. My bad. Um, but yeah, that like, what do you mean define a teenager? You nigga, you know, thirteen to nineteen is a teenager. Even if eighteen and nineteen are legal. <laughs> you know, 13 years of age, you're a teenager, and to 19 I just years kinda, old, what do you mean to find, you know what the fuck we talking about? I'm I kind of like Excuse question, <laughs> I, I kind of question um, males or females that go after somebody that's like ridiculously younger than them. Yeah. Even like with that one person that, that was trying to holler at me when we were at the apparatus room, mm-hmm. I'm like, in my mind, like, why would you, people already say I look really young in the face anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, people have asked me, was I a teenager? I don't feel like I look like a teenager, but, you know, it's asked repeatedly Any anyway. I just feel like it's weird when, you know, you like my mama or older age and you want to holler at me. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That just makes me think, like, why would you want to mess with somebody that's that younger, that much younger than you? How old? How, I, think, I mean, how young is too young for you? I think it's a power dynamic. It so is. anything that they can control, they feel like just because you're young or you look young, or I, I can this, I can easily manipulate this, or I can easily shape this person to be who I want them to be because they haven't lived life, they haven't experienced what I experienced, and. That is a sick way of thinking yeah. when you're pursuing a mate. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sorry. It's this, weird. This, this, we just went off the subject of art. Mm-hmm. We were just saying that, you know, some artists, some artists can be sick people. Not all. Yeah. I'm saying they can come from sick places. And R. Kelly is a prime example of a 
uh, uh, an amazing creative coming from mm-hmm. a sick place. <laughs> like Rick James? Rick James is, I mean, is an amazing creative. I mean, he didn't touch little girls. I was like, not that I know. <laughs> but I mean, he's sick. Like, he yeah. was sick. Him and Tina, sick. Sick mm-hmm. individuals. Like, the things they did to that woman, that's crazy. And and you like we we all know that she would burn all that and and then all of a sudden everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Like we know that he's he's sick because you can create this art and then it kind of like kind of puts a shield over mm-hmm. like people who appreciate it eyes and be like no it's no way because they created something beautiful yeah it's or they have because they created this is no way that they could have did this. It's like the two things. Are they and people's minds go hand in hand and they have no connection, especially to each pertaining other. to music. If that like, song brings back nostalgia to a person, they're not going to stop listening to it. Yeah, and it's but, like you just basically you, love, you just link yeah. the song to events in your Real, life, mm-hmm. and then that's why people don't they don't want to give up his his um because he R Kelly kind of brought back the um uh not hus ballroom music because mm-hmm. like people weren't ballrooming as much until yeah, he, he was released a chicago stepper right? yeah everybody knows chicago chicago stick. chicago chicago <laughs> but um, yeah i mean like people look at the things that he did as as like a remnant nostalgia and they like doing those things mm-hmm. they like dancing to that song they like ballrooming to his music yeah, <laughs> just oh, I'm sorry. It's just so sickening. Like a lot of younger women now, they they don't like R. Kelly, but people my mom's age and up, they would defend that. They like, defend that him. Man, They're the only ones that defend that him man until he dies. Like <laughs> I, I didn't go to the I didn't go to the um, Uncle Charlie um, concert because I wasn't going to support R. Kelly, and I was quite disappointed. With Uncle Charlie for for doing that, mm-hmm. because like why you are an amazing artist, why would you want to be associated with that sick? It's, I mean, man? it's just like all the artists that have worked with him after the allegations. It's just like you don't care that he did all these sick things because you still want to participate with helping him create art. They want that bop <laughs> for themselves. <laughs> they just it's, it's just like a money grab, so. That, that was. <laughs> I was disappointed when Marvin Sapp um, let the let this nigga write a song for him. <laughs> I was so disappointed. Money. Money. I was so disappointed. I can he was like, shirt. "Well, he contacted me. I didn't even con." No, it doesn't matter. I don't care. You still. How can you take a gospel song from a man that's a rapist? <laughs> like even people that even people that that don't believe in God, they would look at like the Christianity or like gospel music as a whole and be like, "They just in it for the money. They're not they, really they trying do. to praise that anybody cor- that because the whole thing. Because this nigga Marvin Sapp, who's supposed to be a gospel singer, taking taking songs from niggas that playing kids panties oh my god <laughs> pissing on girls that, I, another layer to like me watching the little mm-hmm. the like when you guys hear yeah, it the docu- i would have been listening i mean watch the final parts tonight um but i really cried because it was just like this i was like this is just sick i really cried and felt for every woman that was on that screen how do you <laughs> pertaining to his wife? Mm-hmm. Are your is your are you as somber 
for her situation, I usually are. yes because he manipulated her as well. Mm-hmm. He, I don't. I mean, it's clearly tactics. I mean, like ways of how manipulation works yeah. and how abuse works. But he kind of he kept that separate from his situation with her. Like everything that he did. I mean, he abused her. However, her story is also on yeah. the docu yeah, series. Yeah. It, it was separate. He 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 found a way to keep everybody separated because he had a team of people helping him keep everything separated. So it's not just him being the sick person. It's his whole team because they allowed everything to happen. So they're they, basically a, a rape gang. Yeah. A rape gang. I mean, yes. One of the niggas on there who was his child, his friend, was like, yeah, I've seen several videotapes, you know, with him and these women, but... I know he had a whole bag full of tapes where he did this all the time. Nigga, you just say you saw several videotapes. After the first one, you should have been like... (laughs) What? You know these bras and these videos look young. And you just... Oh, oh, that that nigga... She just... uh, You know, she may be 19, 18, you know, some shit. Uh. (laughs) People are sick because they look at teenagers as being adults. Yeah, they do. I I wouldn't even say all teenagers. I'm just saying... (laughs) My, um, one of my family members was one of the most sick individuals I've ever met in my life. He, he was obsessed with me when I was between the ages of 12 to 16. And one time he came unannounced to my grandparents' house and I was on crutches. So they told me to go to the back room and act like I'm not there. And then he was like, well, who answered the phone? Blah, 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 all this. And he was about to go to the back room and I was I was ready to clock him with my with my crutch. As mm-hmm. soon as he breached that that threshold, I was gonna clock him with my with my crutch. But then he went on to say like, "Oh well, you know she's 16." And I'm just like, "No, that's nasty." Yeah, I, that's nasty. I, like people are sick. I and, personally thank God that I never had to experience anything with like a family member or I'm I thank God for placing my family or placing me Mm -hmm. in the family that I'm in Mm -hmm. because I've never been around that I never was exposed to that and I feel terrible for the ones who have been exposed to that or have family members like do things to them yeah people when people say they got that uncle that they not allowed to be around or that's in the back room that nobody talks to he don't really speak at functions that's real but I just look, when you look at the media, I think it's so sick how females are immediately presented to be older. Like, whenever you watch these, like, even if you watch, like, a little competition, like, my mom watches The Voice, and there's, like, this little black girl. Mm-hmm. She's 13. She just turned 13. Got a face full of makeup. Mm-hmm. She got clothes on that makes her look like an adult. Like, why are we so eager to have our kids grow up? And you wonder why they're doing stuff that, that adults would do. Because mm-hmm. they see it. You know, like kids kids getting their eyebrows, makeup done real, real young, all the time, every day. Like, I don't, I think it's different if they're just playing in it, whatever. But to, like, let your kid step out the house and, like... Like, I think they just discussed what Kanye's, um, like, to... Bring in more artists. Kanye's, yeah. um, what is it, Christmas photo, uh-huh. where his daughter had on red lipstick, and she's like, what, 
four. Five, I saw six. her. She had How a tube she? top on one time. I'm like, what? <laughs> Just like a little band covering up her nipples. Like, what? What is this? That's sick. Yeah. Why are we making clothes the same clothes for kids? Yeah. That is for adults. It's <laughs> nasty. Like those little pageants where they they dress up the kids. They put the little flippers in their mouth so you know that they don't have they don't have gaps. In their, they're children. Let the gap show. It's cute. Mm-hmm. They're putting full like makeup on. Like, I think it's really gross when people put these kids in these in these like adult costumes. I watched one of those pageant shows a long time ago. This girl had her daughter for the talent competition dance in a pretty woman inspired outfit when she had the black <laughs> leather boots yeah. with that blue one. top. Yeah, with the I was done. Well, it was like a what? Yeah. I don't I don't know exactly what to call it, but she but it had was pretty woman inspired. So yeah, so she had her daughter dress as a prostitute. I look like a pretty woman character like last night. <laughs> <laughs> but you're an adult. You're not you're not five years old. That's like, sick. Oh, I look like somebody like these pageants. Girl. They have the little girls looking like 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 women. Mm-hmm. Like you would you would think that they might be like a dwarf, a small person. Um, because <laughs> they just they look like little adults. I remember that show. I mean, that not that show, but that store, that store in Fairland called Foot Action. Mm-hmm. Remember that campaign they had when they had little kids on the banners looking like adults. Maybe like, I, don't, I don't. Little girl, I don't she, think I'm fully she, familiar, or she, I don't. It's not like instantly mm-hmm. popping in my head right now. This little girl had like that Beyonce big braid. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Okay. With makeup, huge dangle earrings, huge make. Like a full face of makeup. <laughs> the upgrade you video. <laughs> yeah. She looked like yeah, she looked like the upgrade you video. Like this is like a four year old in this outfit. Yeah. That's just weird how like children are portrayed as adults in art all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. To fully come back around. <laughs> I, I realized that, you know, because I was so hot from this documentary <laughs> that we had to go down that r- rabbit hole just real quick, <laughs> touch bases. Um, but to bring it back to our art, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this would be like the last piece of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, what ins- um, what inspires you to continue to create what you create? Um, I grab a lot of my inspiration from books that I read. Mm-hmm. Um. I really love reading books about um, black culture. I like reading books. I like reading biographies made by black people. I like reading um, history, the history, the pop culture of black people. And then I use that. And then I like portraying black people on positive images, like talk about our creativity or our, um, like, the fashion or our um, our hair, or like how our demeanor is. Like we have a different type of charisma, or like that's basically what swag is for mm-hmm. a black person. Like the swag of the person is like their charisma, and that's there's certain type of swag that black people have that a white person will never have. And I feel like that's just the difference in culture. That's the difference in in in, in everything that embodies culture, like. Um, what we eat, the, our style, our music taste, all that, the types of art that we like, like all that 
fashion, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. throw that back into style, whatnot. Like, you'll never get that type with a white person. And I, and I just feel like that's just how it is. And that's why everybody in the world wants a piece of black culture, because <clears throat> we're just amazing. Mm-hmm. And we have that swag that everybody wants to have. But they can't embody it like like we can. Yeah. Um, I would say the thing or the multiple things that inspire me the most to create mm-hmm. is film. One, watching movies. Nice. Um, movies inspire me all the time. Just like just everything, mm-hmm. the thinking behind it, mostly the art direction of films because hey, I'm an art director. I would also throw in their music. I'm yep. sorry. And, mu- <laughs> yeah. and music. That, I mean, girl, I'm saying yeah. my things yeah, right I'm, now. That's why I, you should have said your things when you said I forgot to include music. I knew you was about to say it, so I was going to chime <laughs> in and say it when you said it. <laughs> but you ain't even waiting until I said it. It was like a half second before you did. <laughs> but yeah, so movies and music. And mm-hmm. um, I would say... Another thing to, like, anybody who wants to go into advertising or the creative or, like, you know, marketing, creative marketing field, I would say if you like, I think the thing that I also liked about being or, like, wanted to do the reason, one another reason why I wanted to become an art director or do art direction is because it's like the control of it. Mm-hmm. Like, being overseen, having your whole creative vision, like displayed because you you took this you created this or you found these people to execute your idea it was Mm -hmm. like more so being like kind of the puppet master yeah Uh, (laughs) oh um i like the puppet master movie as well (laughs) (laughs) or movies (laughs) um but like having that control and being able to dive into so many things and having this touch on like Hey, I like the this person's photography. I'm gonna use them for this, yeah. or I like their direction as their overall production or their thought process when they're directing movies. I'm gonna use them for this commercial to, or like mm-hmm. this thing. I don't know. Bigger. What I see bigger in the future of me creating, I see me not just doing advertising creating, but I want to do a movie art direction. Be the art one of the maybe the creative director uh-huh. over a movie set and have that whole vision be displayed. I don't know. That's I so do cool. so much thing. Like, um, I really, the time that I was able to design like sets for, mm-hmm. for plays and musicals, that, uh, that was so much fun. Like being in the theater aspect, that was so much fun. And then, and then, um, doing all the lighting for the show, that was so much fun as well. Like you, you learned a different type of art in a different field. And I felt like that was one of the experiences I'll never forget because you got with lighting, you mm-hmm. can change the whole, the whole, the whole mood. You can change the mood. You can just change everything. Yeah, You can make it scary. You can like, you can make all types of emotions just with lighting. Mm-hmm. And then you can not even just lighting, color grading. Yeah. All that's what I'm that saying. Jazz. Like putting in the different gels for over the lights it can just create so many different feelings from from the show. I don't think 
And then I, I, I think that I didn't start looking at movies with such a critical eye until I fully went into art direction. Because mm-hmm. you, like, look at everything. Yeah. And then you see, like, scenes that was like, dang, where was the art director in this scene? Because <laughs> something shifted in the background. I don't know if they noticed that shift mm-hmm. when they did all these different cuts and, you know, things move. But note yeah. that the art director, who's the or the multiple art directors that's on set, they're like making sure everything is in the exact same spot during every frame of that mm-hmm. shot or that scene. Every frame of that scene, everything has to be exactly where it is. Because people, I mean, not yeah. everybody catches it, but yeah. people will catch that. People hey, will. That's a full shift. Her hair was in front of her face, and then, like, the clips later, it's now, it's now behind her ear or, like, in the ponytails on the side. It's right? doing a Ray J. Like, <laughs> or, like, um, on um, The Wizard of Oz, when Dorothy's ponytails were long and then they were just short for mm-hmm. out of no like it just <laughs> one clip later mm-hmm. or the everybody was was like felt like that it was super scary when they found that there was a hanging munchkin in the background <laughs> <laughs> but the hair thing that really tripped me out i'm like her hair was like her her braids were literally down to her waist and then in the next the very next scene they're at her collarbone and i'm like what like the rest of the the rest of the movie, her braids were super short, but they were once down to her waist. I'm like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Somebody wasn't on their job. <laughs> but so let's um, let's wrap up this episode. Um, yeah. Let's actually wrap it up with doing the handing out roses segment. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anybody that you would like to give a rose to today? Or multiple people that you would like to give roses to? Um, I want to make sure I have all the people that I was going to give a rose to ready. So can you go first? Uh, so, right. Yeah. The thank you. The point of me asking you first is because go, go I, ahead. I wasn't on my game. You weren't on your game? Duh, that's why I asked you. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, Aaron. You can make me go now. Yes, please. Um, I'm going to give my rose to um, a girl named Shadarian. Shadarian Green. Oh, I forgot her second last name. It's hyphened. You didn't on. have to give out her whole government, but I was gonna. Okay. That's what her her Instagram has her whole name on okay. on there, like the tag line. I'm trying to figure remember what her last name was so I can give out the right tag. Mm-hmm. But I can't, so I'm just gonna say what she does. She's a yoga instructor now in Detroit, and um, she has like a super nice soul, and she really appreciates art a lot. Like, um, well, she also does, like, some really cool um, photos, I mean, um, photo shoots, and she has them on her on her Instagram page. I like the concepts that she has on her page mm-hmm. a lot, especially the ones when she's in the crosswalks. Um, I forgot which crosswalk she was at, but it looked like the one that's in GM, going across the street and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, she has really nice concepts. I really like her fashion that um the way like the type of fashion that she likes i appreciate it like her her a lot of her clothes are like she has a lot of slacks mm-hmm. with mock turtlenecks like a very mod shirt with like some really cool slacks and i i really appreciate that because everybody just seems like they just all want to buy stuff from the same website i'm not going to say that website mm-hmm. but everybody knows what website i'm talking about I feel like they do. I don't know what website you. You know the one, the Fashion Nova. I don't want to. I didn't want to say it because it might offend people. But everybody got gets clothes from the same place. Mm-hmm. 
fashion over. Everybody looked the same. Like, I, I need some individuality here. Everybody shouldn't be wearing the same stuff all the time like that. So, are you ready now, Aaron? I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I want to give a rules to, um, you know, this, like, okay, this person I don't know personally, but Alex Gardner, I think his name is, his Instagram handle is Art Poser. I just like all the things he created, like mm-hmm. the figures. Oh. The super blacked out. My, I think I've posted him several times on like yeah. my actual story, but I just or her. I don't know what uh-huh. they are. I don't. I don't. I've never seen them personally. I don't know yeah. if it's a male or a female, and I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, the art that that person, they yep, that individual create, made. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think is really cool. Maybe it's a female. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to jump to they, conclusions because them. you know. I don't know. <laughs> you said them. <laughs> you gotta use, you gotta use pronouns. Yeah, the correct ones. So I don't know what they are, but I just like to give a roast to them, even though they never hear this <laughs> or, or well, might maybe, not. You never maybe. know. They never could. know. Um, their work is great, and I just think people should check it out. It's kind of inspirational. <laughs> nice, nice. But um, of course, we are recording at the Detroit's different studios. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. And you can follow us on Instagram at the Unicorns Are Real Podcast. And that's A R E, not as in the debunked Toys Are Us. You know, we got to spell out the word R. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we release an episode every Friday. Yep. So be on the lookout for um, up and coming episodes. Uh, thank you guys. Love you much. Bye. Bye. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning into the Detroit is Different podcast network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never before told stories from the people of Detroit.